Everyone still looks uncomfortable. Perhaps they all remember that old saying, power corrupts. Second Officer Slog, episode 19. I am M. With me is Jackson. Hello! We're on a hiatus, kind of. Let, let's talk yes. about this real fast. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, so, my father died the other day, a couple days ago. Um, I don't want to talk about it. Yep. Um, and so, most of the Abnormal Mapping Network is on pause for a week or two. Because I've mostly been in a fugue state or cleaning as everything gets settled and doing paperwork and nonsense, I... Um, I was really looking forward to Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek happened, came back, and so we're going to talk about Star Trek. Our book club will be postponed a little bit. Uh, both me and Jackson have read the book. We just need time to do it, and things are really crazy for me right now, but it'll get done. But the Discovery episodes will not stop uh, because uh, I need Discovery in my life to feel good about anything. So, yes, there's uh, a, a Thank you for any the... condolences. Yeah, there's a letter up that's free on patreon.com slash mapping. I'm running a GoFundMe. If you happen to have a few dollars, you can kick my way. Uh, it turns out dying is very expensive. Don't do it. Yeah, no. Not to get political, but it, fu- it seems fucked up. It, yeah, it sucks. It sucks the most. So that's it. I don't want to talk about that yeah. anymore. Uh, oh, yes. Discovery uh, is back. Yes. Uh, you finished Enterprise. I finished Enterprise because... <laughs> so what happened was... The season of Discovery first part, chapter one, as it is known, ended, uh, and I was like midway through Enterprise season three at that point. I thought um, you were still in season two. No, I think I finished season three before the end of the season. Because um, like the you season two, you were still in season three at least. You not. I was still in season, season three. three sorry, yes, yes. I had definitely seen the Expanse and begun the Zindi stuff because my m- recent Enterprise burnout point was like. Early to mid season three, when every episode is kind of dull, everyone's character is off because they haven't figured out how to like. Oh, every them. everything's nine eleven all the time. Yeah, everything's nine eleven all the time. They haven't quite figured out what that means for Archie yet, other than he's an asshole. Uh, and all the episodes end with like, we found a thing to magically reduce our like Zindi meter at Mass Effect three. Uh, you know, and it was bad. It was all fucking terrible. Um, yeah, like some of the episodes were enjoyable. But I was getting burned out. And then I came back and literally the episode I had stopped on was the one where everything picked up. But no, the reason, the reason I did it because I was, I was thinking they're probably in the mirror universe. I don't think that there is no way on earth that the discovery uh, next episode is going to have a crossover with the enterprise mirror universe canon. There's no, there's no possible way they would ever do that. That's too ridiculous. There's no way, but I'll watch them just in case I'll finish the season. I'll be caught up. Well, also with that like, I feel like the deeper you get into Star Trek, the hard, easier it is to like catch enterprise spoilers. And you're at that point now where I'm amazed there's stuff that didn't get spoiled for you. Uh, there, I mean, there were things that I knew about, but I had forgot like, if don't talk watched, about them. Okay, don't talk right, about yeah, them. People haven't watched Enterprise. Okay, yeah. there's stuff in season four. <laughs> season four of Enterprise, it requires you to care a lot about Star Trek, 
and have seen a lot of it. But once you do, if you get there, it is just a smorgasbord of beautiful, delicious lore tidbits forever and ever. Even if you can't like, if you don't like Enterprise, which is fair enough, I am an Enterprise defender, but I understand that. I do implore you go and watch at least like the there's a Vulcan arc in there that's fantastic. You should. I would I would absolutely not have watched Enterprise if I was watching it week to week as a show that has been canceled for over a decade. I am happy to watch Enterprise. It's a window into a very bad time where Rick Berman ran Star Trek and it was fucking terrible. Yeah, no, that's oh, it's bad in a lot of ways, but I also like it. And season four gets out from uh, under a lot of that stuff. The final episode is just as bad as you've heard. Yeah, Uh, might even be worse. (laughs) Might even be worse. Uh, But no, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that on the main episode. But today we want to talk about Discovery. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I was going to say I've been watching both all TOS, DS9, and Voyager kind of all at once. That's true. You're just watching Star Trek. Well, yeah. So what happens is my partner and I watch Star Trek, and I always turn to her and be like, what are you, what are you in the mood for? And if it's if she wants like the, the important stuff, we'll watch DS9. If she wants a good time, we'll watch Voyager. And if she wants to just kind of like knit or like check her phone or play Animal Crossing, we'll watch TOS because it's the perfect thing to do that too. Yeah. Uh, and so we're just kind of hopping through all of them. We're we're still early, kind of early season four of DS9 or season one Voyager and Enterprise. I basically just load up a one that sounds interesting whenever she says TOS. Because mm-hmm. order in that show does not matter at all. Hey, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I've heard that in season three, they, they reference that they, things that might have happened in previous episodes, but only in like vaguest context senses. Yes, that I mean that was like heavy continuity for the sixties. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially for a show built like an anthology show. I mean, like I assume that like all in the family or whatever was totally oh, yeah. fine just referencing stuff. I, I watch a lot of I Love Lucy. That show has a lot of continuity. Mm-hmm. But no, Star Trek was like uh, just hey, we put it on every week. It's a new show, but then season three was the one that only exists because so many fans complained. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's going on with Star Trek. Yes. Except Discovery's back for six more episodes. The six fleeting episodes of beauty that will drift in and out of our lives. One of them aired last night. Uh, This podcast might not go till tomorrow. I don't know. Jackson's doing it, but. What you have um, to remember uh, is that these six episodes, this back half of Discovery, is how long every TV series is in the UK. Um, I don't watch television, so that sounds very depressed. I don't know. Like, by all accounts, your your country does not have the budget to produce more than six episodes of a television series. Nope, but six episodes is like, if it's an actual t- TV show and not like an ongoing soap or something, six episodes is what you get. <laughs> God. Yeah. Great. Um, well, and, eat, like, the entire series costs less than a single episode of Discovery. <laughs> That's true of American series as well. That's true. Yes. No, this is a very expensive television show. Anyway, last night aired, despite yourself, Discovery episode 10. The yesterday being 7th of January, 2018. It's 2018, everybody. It was written by Sean Cochran. It was directed by Jonathan Frakes himself to take Frakes back in the director's chair. They don't call him that. Yes, apparently they do. Wait, they do? Yes. So that wasn't you making a joke. That was a real thing that you're referencing. Yes, that is from, like, TNG trivia, DS9 trivia, something yes! like that. Yes! Yes! Thank you. Bless you. Perfect. Uh, yeah, no, ask yourself, why does Jonathan Frakes continue to direct television all over? It's because he works very fast and well. I mean, yeah, he's, he's clearly a good director, especially no. for TV, because you've got to be on it. Yeah, exactly. 
This is the first episode he is director of Star Trek since Prototype, a Voyager episode from 96. So I assumed he was still direct. I guess he was like, after that, he was just directing films. Like he directed those two Star Trek films and then like the Thunderbirds movie or something fucking terrible. Yeah, Thunderbird movie. I, I've never heard anything about Thunderbirds movie. I, maybe it's fine. Who knows? I, I mean, I've seen it. It's not. It's bad. <laughs> Jackson. Yes. What is happening in Discovery? <sighs> Okay, so, huge previously on, we're going to assume you're caught up, but the basic gist is Klingon War, lots of stuff happened, and the Discovery, after doing 144 jumps, two major things 130, happened. 130, 130, 130. 130 jumps, two major things happened. One, Stamets is now, like, completely knocked out with, like, com- white eyes, uh, having seen the truth of the spores. Uh, or something we don't quite know uh, and the the discovery on its final jump has landed in a place unknown and they don't know where they are or what's happening we begin and the very first thing that happens is they oh f- i do want to i do want to mention it's still unclear whether or not he is gary mitchell or not <laughs> yes yes no that is not resolved as of yet no um but the very first thing that happens in this episode is they're like, oh, where are we? We seem to be in the correct part of space, but everything's wrong. And all the quantum signatures are off, which is that new? Do, have they used that before to identify? No, they other? use that. They uh, That's from Mirror Mirror itself. And they okay. talk about it in DS9 also. Yes. Right, good. I was going to say, I, was like, I vaguely recognize that, but I can't tell if that's just a shortcut to recognizing where they were. No, they they know that like that's how you tell someone is from the Mirror or I guess other universes. Like in theory, there would be some sort of quantum drift in the Kelvin verse at some point, right? Like. Yes. But um, this is the only universe that actually crosses over, so it's the only time it ever comes up. Uh, so they're like, oh, we're in another universe. And then you get like 10 more minutes of them not knowing what universe it is. <laughs> well, what happens is they immediately get fired on by a Vulcan ship. And they're like, what is going on? And then they fire on it and it blows up. Um, no, or does it leave? It, it like retreats and then okay, eventually yes. is destroyed when the um, ship, what's the name of the ship that comes cooper them. the cooper connor yes. cooper it's the cooper okay um but no there is a sorry memory ship. alpha is not filled out yet so we're kind of going uh <laughs> we, off the this, top of our heads this aired less than 24 hours ago yes um so they're in this other universe they don't know what to do they see a wreckage of a klingon ship uh and they go okay let's work out what happens why is there a wreckage of a klingon ship why is there no starbase what's happening uh ash tyler goes in this uh pod in order to recover the data banks from this klingon ship to understand what's different about this universe while he is doing this he is having like extreme ptsd flashbacks uh and like memory lapses and he's Vok, okay so that is just a thing that we knew and is now becoming more and more clear he is well, also not able to handle he goes this. he he goes talk to Laurel. That's before he does this, right? Yes. No, that's after when he comes back. Are you sure? Because yes, yes. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, yeah. So he do- he does that, and he has to recover the data core, and it's actually a really good scene. Uh, that's very tense of him, like having a complete meltdown as he's trying to extract. But the data like, core. also like Burnham is covering for him on the bridge, basically knowing that this is happening, and Lorca <laughs> knows that she's covering for him and is not happy about any of this. Oh, Lorca's so good in this episode. <laughs> yes. Um, so they get the data core. Uh, the data core reveals they are in and uh, in the mirror universe, and they figure out, oh shit, it's uh, here's what's going on. Um, 
they they get they get the entire history of the mirror universe like all the specifications about iss ships and the like blade and earth insignia and all of the personnel files it's a lot it is the most convenient lore dump they have ever been given it is a fa- like yeah they basically find the wikipedia to this world <laughs> yes and there's the fantastic like zoom out shot on the d- discovery like slightly tweaked version of the uh the planet and sword yes uh it's oh it's so good because like it's so that but it's like there's like a weird like almost like impact burst or like almost like an inverted starfleet delta coming off at an angle from where yeah. the sword plunges into the earth it's really good it's a very cool design while this is happening um instead of going to talk to anyone about his uh like breaks ash tyler decides to go to see Lorel. <laughs> Yep. And goes, hey, what's going on, Lorel? What the fuck did you do to me? Because I like had trauma about this stuff, but this isn't this isn't adding up. Something is wrong. Uh, and she like sweet talks him into unlocking the um, uh, the the like the force field, uh, and basically activates his code word, and he starts speaking Klingon and comes back as Vok for like for, just for a moment and then suddenly it cuts to black and he's Ash Tyler again well no what happens is he he tries she gives him the code work and he responds and then she does the like last little bit and what he like he like chokes her and asks her what she's doing because he doesn't quite realize what's going on and she's like it didn't work she freaks out and then there's a cut where he's like across the room with his phaser out and he's like what happened and she doesn't really answer him and so he like it didn't work to bring Vok out completely, but clearly Vok is emerging in like moments where Ash Tyler goes into like a weird fugue state. Yeah. Uh, so those two personalities are like there and warring. It's it's uh it seems like a bad time uh, to be Ash Tyler and also to be around Ash Tyler. Yes. <laughs> so that's going on. Meanwhile, um, Stamets is in the um in the medical bay, uh, and. Lorca comes in and takes Kulba off the case as they need an impartial doctor and not someone who is emotionally invested uh, in, like, the safety of Stamets above regulations. Uh, Kulba is understandably very upset with this considering all the shit that Lorca's already asked him to do that does not go for regulations. Uh, uh, yeah, but also Lorca's not wrong? Lorca's not wrong, and Lorca basically goes, yeah, no, you're right to be upset with me. Like, uh, yeah, you... Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, no, I was also too passionate. We both need to admit that we fucked up here and do the right thing for once. Yeah, no, this episode has a lot of Lorca being very reasonable and understanding towards his crew because he actually is like a fairly like he's like a ridiculous captain who will get the job done, but he cares about his crew. He's not yes. uncompassionate, and the fact that he isn't uncompassionate is like almost more scary in these moments because it would be so much easier just to have him be evil and be like, "Fuck you, Culba." I'm no, no, I'm no. I am you. very much invested in Lorca remaining captain of Discovery yes. into the future of the show. It's a really good dynamic of this like yep. often like tough shithead who makes wrong decisions and exploits his crew, but still actually cares about them and is just trying to get the best done. Like that's so much harder to deal with than just someone who's evil or good. Yep. Uh, it has lead, led to some incredibly good scenes, like this one with Culber. Um, so meanwhile, the Cooper comes back and is like, Discovery, what are you still doing in all this wreckage? And they're like, shit, we need to respond. But we, Gabriel Lorca is probably not the captain here. They run through the files. And who is the captain of the Mirror Universe Discovery but one Sylvia Tilly? It's Tilly. I think I think we called this. <laughs> <laughs> captain Tilly exists. You called it. I said no. He's clearly not just peering into the universe. He's probably peering through time and space. And uh, I think that's on you getting that right. Okay. Well, Captain Tilly is here and is not just Captain Tilly, but is like 
so the the captain uniform in in discovery's era of the mirror universe is like the discovery uniform with ornate uh like it's like a gold it? yeah it's like it's like a gold it's not just like epaulettes it's like a whole like chest and like uh collarbone piece that like turns into our neat collar and uh like the swords are gold at the hilt that everyone wears and there's a lot more like gold like boots and stuff and what basic and what basically it is is tilly is like mirror universe tilly is straight out of the hunger games version of discovery <laughs> and it's amazing yeah so she's got like that uniform on and very long straightened blonde hair uh which with like the (laughs) most dramatic weird like angled cut that's like straight out of like pokemon yes there's a fantastic line where she sees herself and goes my mum would love it yes (laughs) because her mum like there was a line earlier in the season about her mum hating her beautiful hair which who could do this who could ever have that in them Uh, (laughs) she's like got a bunch of nicknames as well like slayer of whoever it was and and yep. then obviously ending with Captain Killy. <laughs> Which even Saru sardonically replies, that's a little on the nose. <laughs> that's not very imaginative. <laughs> so they she responds by audio, and they're like, okay, we we made, we got the Cooper to go away. Um, and what we need to do actually is if we're going to figure out how to get out of this. Jackson, actually explain the plan to how to get out of the mirror universe. Now. So what they do is they scan the database for any possible way to get back to the prime universe, and they find something amazing. They find that there is actually something with a quantum signature that matches their own in this universe that has already been found, and it is the USS Defiant uh, that has been there for about 100 years. I don't know, 100 years? I they, yeah, around there. Yeah, because this is in the 2250s and the Enterprise of 2150s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Because in the Enterprise episode, In a Mirror Darkly, I think it's that? Yes. Yes, In a Mirror Darkly, in, uh, the uh, Defiant, which is involved in the Tholian web and gets transported into the Mirror So, universe. okay, let, let's just okay, say this. So, in the episode, the Tholian web, which is the which is a uh, original series episode, I don't know what season, season three. to look it up. Okay. Uh, they the Enterprise investigates a missing ship, the USS Defiant, which is another Constitution class, just like the Enterprise. This is not the DS Nine Defiant. Everyone on Twitter, um, <laughs> and they find out that it has been like captured by Tholians, which are the weird lava spiders that you rarely ever see in Star Trek. They're in that episode, and they're in the Enterprise episode, and that's it. At, like devise this weird web of energy that like. In that episode, I think that it vaporizes ships, but what apparently it actually does is shunts them into the mirror universe a hundred years in the past. Yes. Um, because in in Amir Darkly, the crew of the evil NX Enterprise, I don't think it's called ISS, right? Um, it, I think it is called the ISS Enterprise. No, it is. Okay. Like, there is a trivia point about how they never were able to work the line ISS Enterprise into the script, but the visual effects do have it say ISS. Okay. So... That the evil Enterprise from Enterprise, uh, just for clarification's sake, yes. uh, discovers this ship being captured by the Tholians in the in the, its era in the twenty one fifties, and they like take it over and use it to because it's future technology to like destabilize the Empire and like there's a lot of backstabbing and people taking charge. We're not going to spoil the actual events of the episode because they're wild, um, but um, that ship's been around for a hundred years now. And is like a bit, apparently probably a foundational bedrock of the Empire's like fascist grasp on the galaxy, right? It would have to be. <laughs> yeah. The um, fact that, that that like the fact that that ship is from a hundred years in the future and thus has better weapons than anything that is actually in this universe at that point is a key yep. part of that episode. So we'll see. Yep. 
It, it can go at like higher warps. It has shields. It has all sorts of things that didn't exist in Enterprise time. Hull plating. Um, and they're, so what they're going to do is they're going to go to find, um, what's the, they're going to find the information, which it's implied that the emperor has it probably, right? So their plan is they need to find more information. What they do is they know yes. we need to access the data, like the actual database, not just the Wikipedia stuff. We need to find the like imperial database, the good shit. Uh, so what they do is they come up with a plan and they find out that the Shenzhou was captained by Michael Burnham. Um, but Michael Burnham has disappeared for some nefarious reason that can't possibly... No. Michael Burnham is presumed killed yes. by, by Mirror Gabriel Lorca, who then disappeared. Yes. Who was the captain of who who was the captain of the Mir Baron? Yes. Uh and like there was a got so much happened in this episode. There was a plot uh where Lorca Mira Lorca w- was attempting to do a coup on the emperor and that's all the details were given possibly yes. to be delved into further as it is revealed that this Lorca is actually Mira Lorca. Who knows maybe we'll we'll see. Um yes. Anyway, uh, she is presumed dead, killed by um, uh, killed by Lorca, and Lorca is like off in nowhere. So they're like, we're both here, and they don't know where the mirror versions of us are. We're gonna impersonate us, uh, which which means oh yes, which means we, we get, get a- one of the best sequences in Star Trek. So as Lorca's giving the speech, right? <laughs> Lorca's giving or is a speech. it Burnham? Lorca's is it Burnham giving or a speech and it's cutting yes. between a bunch of different like other things yes. happening. It's a fantastic so, montage. So it's everyone like turning in their co- their com badge, their Starfleet deltas for this uh, Terran Empire symbol. It's everyone getting outfitted with like swords and gold uh, armor. It's the U on USS Discovery being shaved off and an eye painted in its stead. Yeah. It is just like an array, like all of the computer screens have been changed to have the like uh, Terran Empire designations on them. Uh, it is amazing. Yeah, all the other Mirror Universe stuff is usually about, oh, look at these crazy versions of the characters. And instead of that here, we have, oh shit, we don't know what this place is, but we have to pretend to be like from here. And so yes. every, like they just undergo this transformation. It's incredible. <laughs> Um, and part of this is Burnham explaining to Tilly that she needs to step up and be the captain. fake captain. Yep. Um, and Lorca's like, you can do this. And so Tilly has to embrace her evil self. And there's a lot of really good lines in this about uh, Michael Burnham talking about this place because she's done all this research uh, from this lore dump they got. It's like, no, this place is fascistic. It's racist. It's xenophobic. These people are e- evil, but their evil doesn't stem from like, we are like super Nazis. We're taking over the galaxy. It's evil stems from we feel everything that is not us and we are fragile children who will stab anyone who gets in our way and because of that the power of starfleet's gung-ho everyone together happy family attitude will undoubtedly save the day captain tilly will be fortified by the faith of her crew yeah no there's a there's a fantastic line i think it's she's i I forget what the actual thing is but it is like uh, no, she says she says fortify yourself with the faith of your crew. Yeah. Like literally, as she's putting yeah. on, as, as Tilly's putting on the last of her armor. And then she, and then she's like, Tilly's like, let's go get those assholes. And then she turns to Lorca. She's like, is that too much? She's like, not here. It isn't. <laughs> I really like Tilly's. Um... Like the way this causes her to doubt herself because she wants to be a captain. She's like, that's what I'm going to be. But then she sees herself as this and thinks, wait, do I have to become this to be powerful? Is that what this means? And Bernard's like, no, you can still be Tilly. You're way better than her. Uh, it's really yep. good. Tilly's so sweet. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> God, we're not even halfway through. Um, we're, we are. We're we are. Kinda, right, we're we're anyway, meanwhile, 
uh, Ash Tyler, upset by everything, wanting to, because he's supposed to be uh, Michael Burnham's personal bodyguard as they go onto the Shenzu. Yes. Um, he goes to sickbay to make sure that he's all right or whatever. And he talks to Dr. Colbert. He's like, please give me like the best scan you can. Like, I know you scanned me before, but do deeper, like make sure I'm actually okay. And he does. And he gets the results back and he's like, um, what do you remember? Well, like, what's the things you, he's like, oh, I remember some surgery. Like I thought it was part of my torture. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. Like all of your organs have been like shaved off. All of your bones have been broken and like shortened. Uh, like everything about you is weird and different. There's no, like whatever they did to you, the you that went into this is different than the you that exists before me right now. And we need to figure out who you are before anything happens. And, uh, Ash Tyler has this moment where he like has another flash and is sweaty. And then he reaches forward, grabs Dr. Colber by the neck and breaks his neck, killing him. Yeah. So that's bad. That's a real, did that happen? I did scream. No, it was a bad time. I, I, uh, yes. Uh, Destiny was like, I'm so mad when this happened because uh, first gay couple in Star Trek and one of them is dead. Yes. Uh, so there's been, I guess we, we yes, we'll, we'll just go ahead and talk about this. I, yes. So I went to look cause I was like, uh, what's his face? Jason Harberts is that his name? I think so. Maybe, maybe not. Why can't I remember his name? Why can't I remember his name? I'm looking it up. Wilson Cruz. Uh, no, no. The showrunner. Oh, the showrunner. Oh, that might be Jason Harbert's. Um, um, sorry if there's some noise. I am clicking on things to find out. It is a hundred. Aaron Harbert's. Aaron Harbert's is a like an out gay man writing this. He's like the showrunner. He's the one who took over for Brian Fuller. Him and Gretchen Alberg are the ones who took over Gretchen for Jay Berg. Uh, I always do this, don't yeah. I? Yes. Yeah. So I those don't are know the why. two showrunners, and the, uh, I think they said there are multiple uh, gay writers on staff. Yes. Um, um, and so they gave interviews to uh, a couple places, one of them being BuzzFeed, which we can link in the episode notes, where before this episode, they did this interview because people had screeners and stuff. And they spaced, they straight up said, which is ridiculous for a show like this, it's so predicated on ridiculous twists. Don't worry. Dr. Colbert's not dead. Wilson Cruz is like, no, we have a plan. There's going to be a good story here. Don't worry about it. My character continues to appear and stuff will happen. And this is not the last time you see him. Their story is not ended. This is not just this guy was killed. The end. So, like, basically they came out and spoiled their whole deal because a little bit of thought can you can figure out where this is going. The power of mushroom love is going to bring him back and it's going to be so good. Uh, but the idea that they would come out and say that preemptively to, like, put out a discourse fire when this is the same crew that invented an actor... <laughs> For like two months, even though everyone knew he didn't exist, is wild. Uh yeah, no, it's a lot. It's a whole thing. Yeah, no, it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, I am willing to trust them. I know there's been just a lot of uh, everyone. I understand why people are head up about this. Uh, yes, but I think with the things that they've said, and also knowing that there are multiple gay writers on staff, and knowing the context of how fucking terrible uh, also Rick like was about w- this. Yes, also like Wilson Cruz is like a like glad spokesperson, and uh, him and uh, what's Rapp? the guy's name? Yes, Anthony Rapp were like they're like two of the like original leads of Rent. Like these are gay actors that have been outwardly out like out as gay people for decades. Like they they know. They fucking know. Yes. Everyone needs to chill out. Uh, uh, it's going to be okay. I think, I, yes. I, like I say, I think I can figure out where this plot is going. Who knows? 
But they basically said, if you read the real Dr. Stamets' book about mycelium and what it could mean for the building blocks of life and death, you'll probably guess as to where this plot's going. <laughs> yeah, no. I can't. Which I assume means that uh, Stamets' powerful mushroom magic will bring him back and they'll be in love again. Or they will both ascend to the mycelium plane. One of those. Well, no, my assumption is that, my guess is what happens is they bring him back uh, through the power of love and everything. But the actual series ends with Stamets quote unquote dying as he ascends to be one with the mushrooms like the end of Ghost in the Shell. But The, the series or the season? Season, season. Okay. Okay. Uh, that is my that is my broad guess right now. Obviously, this could change. Every single guess we made in episode three was made irrelevant by episode four. Like this series moves so fucking fast. But that is yep. a broad guess for me right now. Uh, if that does happen, I can't wait for the like double discourse when uh, Stamets dies. Yep, because <laughs> that'll. Uh. But no, it, it's clearly not doing something purposeful. It is going to be a big, uh, epic, ridiculous mushroom love story. It'll be it'll be okay. I trust them. Uh, anyway, they anyway. contact the they contact the Shenzhou. Uh, everyone in their places now. Saru like standing off to the back because he can't actually do anything because he's an alien, right? Yep. So all the aliens are just shunted off the bridge, uh, which means you get the humans uh, all who have. Redi- I love the fact that this is like they're like oh no like mirror universe super racist whatever. But also this discovery crew now is just populated by a bunch of like brown people, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the the uniforms all look good. Uh, it does not shy away from the fact that this universe is like fascistic and shitty and bad and everyone's like a frightened child who will stab everyone who's not them. But also because it's fascism, the uniforms are pretty good. <laughs> there is uh, there's fantastic shots of Michael in this episode. Yeah, it's uh, it's her in the middle of the like captaining or once she gets on the ship. We'll talk yes, about it. Anyway. Yeah, we'll talk about that, yes. So they contact the Shenzhou and uh the captain of the Shenzhou is Dan B. Connor, who is that guy who ran into <laughs> the brig in episode two of this show and got vented out into space. And it was like, oh, that guy it because I think I mentioned that, that guy was Moxie, doing junkets. Yes. yes. And I was like, that's weird considering he died. Well, guess what? He's back. He's the captain of the ship. Yeah. And so like it's it's actually really interesting because um Burnham is basically face to face with this like reminder of the death that she's caused uh, in that first episode because even though like it isn't actually her fault and the Klingons would have fucking started a shit with anyone uh, and she was trying to help she still feels responsible for how things went down at the Battle of the Binary Stars obviously and so having to like not only see this guy's face but also know that he's a sniveling idiot who she has to defend himself against yes uh, defend herself against sorry I'm getting all um it's it's good. The way they're able to like keep the mirror universe as the ridiculous fascist cartoon it's always been, but like bring nuance into how they portray it and how the characters interact with it has been really, really good so far. And I can only assume it'll continue. Yep. Uh, so yeah, they no. they go on to the Shenzhou and uh, and there's a just an excellent shot that needs to be called out of them transporting where. The shot doesn't change, and it's like it's one camera yeah. shot. So so the camera is placed, like, in the back of the transporter room with the Discovery. And as everyone gets on the pads, like, it's Lorca, it's uh, Ash Tyler, who shows up and is like, sorry I'm late, don't worry about it, nothing happened. And you get the sense that he doesn't remember anything. I think he did, me and Jackson talked about this last night. I'm pretty sure that he does not remember anything that he does as Valk right now, because that's the more dangerous thing to do for your, like, actual, like, he's turned into the actual villain of the show, which we all predicted. Um Yes. And Jackson thinks that it no, will be more of the character stuff, right? Or he does. I assumed throughout this episode that he knew until about this point. Okay, and I came yes. to you and talked about like it's clearly like Vok is the shadow personality that like emerges uh, in moments of inopportune circumstance and causes yes. uh, some bad shit to go down. I was hoping it would go the other way and like 
uh, Ash Tyler could remain the dominant personality, or they would find a way to like merge his experiences as Vok with I his mean, experiences. I mean, that might still of... happen once Ash Tyler becomes aware Vok exists, right? Yeah, no, I'm hoping that they like at some point he has to like reconcile his like beliefs as this uh Klingon who like hates the Federation with his like experiences with the people in the Federation ship that he actually loves now. Uh yes. and, like uh, they have to go there at some point. That's the obvious thing to do. But right now he's yep. just a very dangerous uh like shadow death machine at any point. Anyway, so they all get on the pads. It's Lorca, it's Burnham, it's Ash Tyler. And then they activate the transporter and it beams them over in like a single uninterrupted shot over to the Shenzu. And the thing that happens is the transporter effect happens. But what changes around them is it just like cuts like immediately over to the Shenzu transporter room with the same camera shot. And it's amazing. Yeah, it's like instead of them fading out um, and then it just cuts and then they fade in somewhere else. It's like the the background fades out as one and the camera stays in the same place. Yes. It's like a second person point of view shot. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, and it's just a really nice way to show the transporters. We get the Shenzu sets back, the beautiful, like, yes. old timey transporter giant rooms. Uh, everything lit differently. The beautiful underslung bridge. It's all here. Uh, and then they take Lorca to the agony booths. Oh, the old agony booths. Only the best agony booth for Lorca. <laughs> And, and Burnham's, like, the whole time basically trying to find a way to keep her cover and, like, I'm not letting any of you touch him because you're just going to murder him and, get like, try to get your own glory because I know all of you, you all suck. Um, not wrong. Uh, but, like, she realizes she's going to have to put him in the agony booth. There's no other... There's no way to, like, keep him personally and not have that be suspicious. And yep. Lorcan understands this, but then they just throw him in the agony booth and walk away. <laughs> yep. And that's just where he is for the rest of the episode. Oh, we missed the scene right before they contact the Shenzu as they're about to lead Lorca onto the bridge. Lorca, to make it look good, smashes his face oh, into the wall does. like six times. <laughs> like they're about to go and he just like, bam, bam, bam. And his face is covered in blood. Uh, it's, it's, uh, Lorca's a hardcore dude. <laughs> yeah, no. Anyway, um... So they leave him in the Agony Booth room, and then they're going up to the bridge, and uh, Captain Connor of the Shenzhou is like, uh, you know, um, it's it's so hard being captain, I never realized. Like, I had to stab someone in the back. I remember when I won the knife fight that got me this post, and everyone bowed to me. And I, the thing that I realized is they never bowed as deeply as they did to you, but now I know how to make them bow that deep. And then he pulls a knife and goes to fight her, and they have a fight in the turbo lift, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's a really well-directed fist fight. Yeah, well, it's like there's a knife involved and then like they it turns into them like him choking her on the ground and she kicks open a panel and breaks the, uh, the graph plate. Does she break the gravity or does she uh, like redirect the turbo lift dramatically or something? I took that as her like changing yeah. the graph plating and maybe the turbo lift was still moving. Yeah. But anyway, they both float up into the air to shake him off, and it's really good, and she ends up just, like, stabbing him and, like, pushing him back against the wall. She looks into his face as he dies, and it's fucking hardcore and amazing. Yeah, no, because then she, like, as she knows that she has won, she completely breaks. Yes. Uh, and, like, just becomes Burnham, just watching this man die, and he's, like, looking at her confused as to why uh, this, like, figure who he both respects and is terrified of like suddenly has empathy for him and dies confused it's 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 a it's a lot <laughs> so cut to the shenzu bridge as the turbo uh, door opens yeah. and she pushes out his dead body and walks out and everyone on the shit on the bridge turns and stands up and slow claps as she walks out to take back her command it's fucking gets big bust into her own ship it's incredible 
Yeah, it's a really good scene. And the scene and the scene's great because like it has like there's a point of view shot of everyone clapping. Uh there's a lot of weird like moments of this bridge where everything is awkwardly face on in a way that feels like artificial and her yeah. like viewing everyone starting clapping her is definitely one of those moments of it just feels unreal and uncanny as they're all like like clapping well done yep. well done for murdering this man who was our captain welcome back and so she takes command there's an amazing shot of it like pulling into the bridge of the shenzu just like the opening of the actual show and instead of it being georgiou there it is burnham mirror universe all of her armor just like draped across the chair looking menacing and powerful and good and s- saying like long live the empire <laughs> Yes, everyone in unison shouts, long live the Empire. There's a, in the transporter scene, they do the salute at her, and so everyone like realizes they have to do the salute at once, because <laughs> they yep. hadn't seen the salute before. Like, yep. she, that has to have been in their logs, but it's still a good moment. Yes. Um, well, I like that she does it immediately, and uh, <laughs> Ash Tyler like lags behind, not knowing what's going on. He's doing a bit of a shitty salute. Yes. Bad Nazi, bad space Nazi. Bad space Ash Nazi. Tyler. That's basically where it ends. Like, there's another scene of. So no, what happens is like there's the scene where she goes into her quarters, into like the captain's ready room, yeah. whatever. And Ash Tyler's there. He's like, no, the command codes are the same. I'm security chief. I know how to navigate a ship. It's weirdly the same in this universe too. And then she just starts taking off all of her like armor and stuff. Oh, and she's like, this sucks. Thing. Everything's terrible. I can't believe the things I've had to do. And he's like, don't worry about it. Whatever this universe makes us do, whatever we need to accomplish to get the mission done we'll still have each other. We will get through this and we will still be Starfleet officers at the end of this. And she's like, this is a good speech and climbs on top of him. And <laughs> you start making out as the episode basically ends. The episode ends and then it cuts to Lorca in the agony booth. Yes. <laughs> Just going, ah! Yep. Uh, and then it cuts to credits. I like that final scene for like two reasons. One, uh, her taking off all the like armor is incredible because there's so much of it. Yeah, there's so much of it, and it's like she has to take it off piece by piece, and it, like the whole conversation, she is still removing different bits of armor. It's in, like like it's a really nice touch to like show just what it takes to pretend to be one of these assholes. Yep. Uh, also, I like that they are uh, having the like fucking in the context of Mirror Universe. He is like the captain's man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Which because when she walked into her room, I was like, wait, is there going to be someone waiting for her? Are they doing this this bit? Because yep. that's, ha- that's what happened to Kirk, right? He walked in and she was yes, just there. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what yeah, the fuck are there. you doing here? Yep. Uh, but no, that's it's back. I can't believe this is the episode we came back to. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. I I like had to stop and pause it and be excited like twice during the course of the episode. It was too much. We talked about how crazy this episode was for like half an hour and we didn't even mention that Lorca pretends to be Scotty. Oh right, he totally does when they're like, let us talk to the engineer. And he's like, uh, things just need to be fixed in his like ridiculous Scottish accent, which is better a Scottish accent than Scotty has ever done. Yeah. Uh um Jason Isaac is like English, right? Yes. Yes, okay. Yeah. I've heard him, I've heard his actual voice. He's not yes. actually Scottish. Um, yes. But he's like one of those actors who does a different accent in every role because he likes learning, like doing dialogue work. Okay. And it's like for me, whenever I see him now, I'm just gonna hear Lorca, and anything that's not Lorca is gonna really mess me up. Right, because his Lorca accent's like really specific. Yeah, it's like a really good American accent, but like a Southern accent that's kind of mostly gone away, but still shows up every once in a while. It's really nice touch. It's it's the kind of thing that you clearly have to be someone who does that work a lot to get right. Yeah, 
Uh, and it's it's him just bursting out into a Scottish accent like right then because someone's like, oh, we we don't know. We just cover your voice in case they figure out it's you. <laughs> he just pretends to be Scotty. Yep. While Tilly's like pretending to be captain for the first time. Like, like what what the hell? Hell, hell is happening here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, it's so silly. I'm... This show is incredible. I know I say this every time, but it is no... It, no other Star Trek is anywhere near this good this quick. And I know TV has just changed, but goddamn, they nailed it. Yeah, no, it's a lot. I can't believe Discovery's back. It's on its bullshit in the most dramatic way right now. <laughs> they replaced the U with the I. <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. What a dumb thing to have exist in this world. That they're just deep cover Federation citizens in this now basically Mary Universe ship trying to get through. We also didn't talk about the most important plot point. Uh, is this about the Emperor existing, but no one knows who it is? No, this is about the actual most important plot point. Not the most important thing that happens, but the fact that they do remember to say early on in the episode, oh, we right. didn't transport early on the, the Klingon episode, cloak. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. Uh, the Federation needs those codes to break the Klingon cloaks. Right, because yes, they uh, they were going to transmit those cloaks, uh, the cloak breaking codes, and it was unclear in the episode whether they had like just remotely yeah, transmitted it was, them. It was gonna. T- it was gonna. They said it, the upload would take twelve hours, and then the jumps happened. So the question we were left last episode was whether or not they had made it or not. They had not made it. They so. had not made it. Yeah. So they need to get back. So that's the tension that they're going with. Um, but they also mention that the. Discovery being transferred means that the actual original ISS Discovery is in the Prime Universe, just running roughshod at some point. So they're going to come back, and that thing is going to actually end the war just by being, like, ridiculous cartoon evil people. God, what if... Man, that's... Because <laughs> they switch places is the answer, so there's not going to be so much, like... Because they switch places, we're not going to have everyone running into the mirror versions of themselves. Yeah, no, that I don't think we'll... Outside of who could possibly be the Emperor, we're not going to see that, probably. So the assumption going... Uh, stop listening to this bit of the episode if you don't want Enterprise spoilers. For that. Um, for that for you th- know... We have to talk mm, about it! We have to talk about it! We don't, we don't have to talk about the Enterprise thing. Uh, fine. We can talk about it next episode if, if our guess as to who the Emperor is comes true. Because then we can talk about how it's probably problematic. Yeah, because okay, if you know what we're talking about and you know what we're talking around... <laughs> Like, yes. I mean, the, the guess was that everyone thinking, assuming that the Emperor is going to be Giorgio, which everyone is very yes. excited for and thinks that's very cool. There are reasons why that's a bit weird if you watch Enterprise, but only like the dumbest of deep lore bullshit. So yes. we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, there's also a possibility that it's like Amir Gabriel Lorca and Lorca is actually Prime Lorca and the whole thing about him start like trying to kill the emperor is like some weird front or something yeah that's another yeah there's no or it could be an enterprise character at 120 or whatever <laughs> yes, or it could be <laughs> the same character from enterprise <laughs> it could be jonathan archer it could mm, it could be a lot of things Yep. <sighs> i was googling it's, it's just it's just it's just like a porthos's brain in a robot body are you fucking with me <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking with me? But it wouldn't even be Porthos. <laughs> it would be it would be mirror Porthos. <laughs> it would be evil Porthos. God damn it. Oh, Star Trek's good. Um <laughs> I was googling today how long Andorians live. Do we Okay, know? is there an answer? I couldn't find it. Did I mean, know? it would be it would be really fucked up if an Andorian was ahead of the Terran Empire, Jackson. <laughs> No, I'm thinking about next week. I'm thinking about who might possibly be with uh, Sarek. 
I cannot imagine they would be as on their bullshit as to include Jeffrey Combs' Strand in the fucking Rebels of the Mirror Universe. Yeah, but what if? I mean, if, I will love this show forever. Instantly my favorite Star Trek. Yeah, it won't. That's too far. Like, they already yeah. brought up the Defiant. That's already crazy enough. But the, the possibilities for where they could go with this are not just... like This show's always had like a huge possibility space for the crazy shit it can do, and it moves so fast. But now they're all like weird six-level-deep cuts to Enterprise just because of the place they've moved to. Well, yeah, also, like, they've straight up said, like, we're interested in going... For, like, getting this show off the ground was important to us, but now that we've, like, established it and people like it for the most part, we're interested in making sure that this is a show that leads up into the original series, and you feel that in what we're doing. So we'll probably get more and more lore connections as we go forward yeah no they have talked about how um future seasons are going to like feel more optimistic and star trekky and like basically saying we see your complaints but we know what we're doing it'll it'll form a smooth line it'll make sense when we're done don't worry about it uh one of the things they said before the before the show launched and i feel like maybe they were pr- talking about like colber when they were talking about it, they're like there's going to be things we do that people are mad about we ask you to give us a couple episodes to explain what's going on before you get mad about something because we're telling a show bad things are going to happen to some characters yep like yeah uh <laughs> Someone was talking about this and was like, can you imagine what like DS9 would have been like if Discourse was around then? If, D- if oh DS9 aired after the invention of ideology? Uh. Uh, it would have been a different world. Yep. Like, Enterprise is just bad about that stuff, but DS9 like walks lines in the same way that Discovery does. Yeah. So it would have been much more of a disaster. It's way easier yeah. to just be shit and everyone can say you're shit about this. Also, we would have every Star Trek fan would have been so mad on Twitter all the time talking about DS9 every week. <laughs> uh, in the pale moonlight ass. I mean, just like, oh, this isn't on a starship. This isn't Star Trek. This is what I'm looking for. I'm not. This is about religion and some aliens. Nobody cares. This isn't my Star Trek. I mean, my dad was doing that when I was like seven watching Yes, no, people were doing that, but now they're on Twitter. The secret is Star Trek fans hate every Star Trek show. It's true. (laughs) Until they don't. We went and looked up some of the early reactions to TNG. And to be fair, season one TNG, bad show. Uh, yeah, but but uh, some of, a lot of the things people said about it eerily similar to the things they said about DS Nine, the things they said about Enterprise, the things they say about Discovery right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. So it goes on forever. Yep. I guess is that is that everything is that all. I mean, like we're excited for future stuff. Uh, I didn't oh, watch the preview, I'm but I did so see the picture hype. of Mirasarek. Yes, I showed Jackson a picture of Mirasarek with a goatee because all evil Vulcans that are not Tuvok must have goatees. Apparently, well, Tuvok's not evil. Uh, that's true. I guess Sarek I guess Spock evil. wasn't evil. I guess it's right? just Spock. Yeah. Um. Okay. All white male Vulcans in the mirror universe must have goatees. <laughs> Correct. Ah. <laughs> uh. We were talking a bit, yes, last night, because we had one of the most on-our-bullshit com- Trek conversations of all time last night, uh, and one of the things that came up was how what this implies about Mirror Spock. <laughs> well, yes, we'll probably save that for next episode. Yes. So look, look there's going to be some more. Because w- there's no reason to conjecture for 10 minutes when they might just talk about Spock next episode. <sighs> it's true. Yeah, no, now, they, now they've established themselves, they can go in as deep on the lore as they want. I'm so ready. Yep. I'm so excited. Yeah. What a good episode. Discovery's so good. Star Trek has no right to be this fucking good. <laughs> yep. Uh, so these episodes will continue. Uh, like I said, everything else on normal mapping, kind of touch and go for the next two weeks. Yep. So thank you for your patience. Um, 
As always, if you have questions, comments, podcast, abnormalmapping.com. We're not even going to do a plug zone. You know where to go. Abnormalmapping.com, patreon.com slash abnormalmapping. I'm on Twitter at EM underscore Bing. Jackson on Twitter at HeadFallsOff. And we'll be back next week for episode 11. What's it called? Something about a wolf? The wolf inside? The wolf among us? Yeah, the wolf season among us. Two? Season three. <laughs> What's it called? It's called the wolf inside. You were right the first time. Okay. Oh, good. I thought that was wrong, so that's why I kept going. Uh, all the episode names are incredibly dumb. Yep. Uh, yeah, no. Discovery's good. Bless them for coming back and being good. That's it. We're done. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. See you out there. Thank you.